With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind, everybody. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. Just want to take a moment and apologize about not having an episode last week. I was sick and Chev had to work. Garrett was being perfect like always. Um, So we're either late on last week's episode or early on this week's episode, however you want to look at it. Um, But we are back. So not quite a solo show. I do have, and before I introduce our guest for today, I want to take a minute and say I've met a lot of great people in the fantasy community so far. Um, Garrett and Chev, working with them on a weekly basis. The guys from the Back Row Show, uh, Barker, Arms, Hux, Neil, Jeremy, all those guys are great. They've been great to me. They've been a big help. Um, And then some other guys throughout the community. But one of the people that I'm going to have on today, his name is Phil Porkman Simmons. Porkman, go ahead and unmute your mic there. Um, he's been probably one of my favorite people to communicate with. We did meet up and have lunch one day, so really happy to have him on. And uh, he's going to share some insight with us. Porkman, how you doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing good, bro. How you doing, man? I, I'm doing good. Doing good. Getting ready for, for Thanksgiving. Spend some time with the family. Um, hopefully the Eagles can pull out a win this weekend. Should have yeah, done so last weekend. But um, yeah, hey, so it hurt last week. That it did. But listen, before we get started, uh, pork. F- do you prefer Phil? Do you prefer Pork Man? Whatever you tell me. Hey, Phil Pork Man doesn't matter to me. I love them both. Pork Man feels better to me. So yeah. Um, before we get started, where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, Stats and facts, FFB. That's me right there. You can hit me up in the DMs. Got any questions or anything? I'm always available. And uh, you still doing your uh, game recaps? Yeah, game recaps. I'm uh, uh, took took a couple of weeks off. Got some stuff going on, but um, you can find that on BigGuyFantasySports.com. Um, I write for Bob Long. So, uh, Dynasty Rewind trivia. Bob Long was the first ever guest on the Dynasty Rewind. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so that was episode seven, I believe. If anybody wants to go back and listen, uh, you can reach out to me. Tell me how great of a guest he was and. Tell me how much better I've become as a host since then. So hopefully a little <laughs> bit. So, um, hey, let's get right into it. I'm going to start out with some news. So Marlon Mack looks like he's going to be out again this week versus Tennessee. Not an ideal matchup anyway, but Jonathan Williams, the past two games, 39 carries for 220 yards, one touchdown, four catches for 48 yards, and no scores. So, Porkman, I know he's not on anybody's waiver wire. Um, yeah, he's he's way long gone. Are, are you... Are you thinking he's a solid start against Tennessee? Are you just? 
I would say he's a he's a huge solid star for Tennessee. He's getting a, his usage is huge, and it looks like he's getting more usage than Marlon Mack has when he's been in the on the field. So basically, what I think about this is Jonathan Williams, in his limited role coming in for the injured Marlon Mack, has been everything that we would hope Brian Hill would be. Yeah. Yeah, it's, Brian Hill just really hasn't done much. It's unfortunate. Then again, I think the Falcons as a whole have kind of been a disappointment this you know, season. The, the first week he flashed a little bit, and then once we saw Olison come in the picture, he just he just took over, especially in the red zone. I think I'm staying away from that running back situation, which um, actually leads me to this. Devontae Freeman has resumed practicing. He's going to be a game-time decision against the Saints, but if he's going to play, he'll probably get hurt, and then Brian Hill will be <laughs> worth it. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know how that's been going all year. Yeah, and it's, it, he can't. He, you couldn't trust him anyway in the running game. No. Um, but for PPR, he has been getting some catches. So, I mean, I'm not too sure if, if you're desperate and you need that that started running back, you could play him, but I would I would fade. Yeah, a lot of people were really high on Freeman before the season started, but I wasn't as high as other people were. Um, another guy I wasn't as high on too, James Conner. He's likely out first to Browns. Um, I think Benny Snell seems to be the guy that's trending up. So last week, 21 carries for 98 yards, a catch for five yards, whereas Jalen Samuels, two carries for six yards and three catches for 26 yards. Yeah, that, that scared a lot of people last week. I was one of those guys. I started Jalen Samuel uh, mostly in DFS, and uh, Same here. it burnt me a lot. Yeah, oh, big time. Yeah, DFS screwed me last week, yeah. big time. So I don't. I mean, I'm surprised they didn't charge more out of my account for how bad I did. <laughs> but you know, Benny Snell's another guy that uh, prior to the season, not a lot of people were high on him. They were calling him Benny Snail for that yeah. terrible forty time that he ran at the uh, combine. I did an article for him. I believe it was for Dynasty Nerds. I can't quite remember. Mm-hmm. While he is not a great PPR back, and he is not fast by any means, you want to talk about a guy that was productive at the University of Kentucky. I don't have his stats up right in front of me, but we're talking about an SEC school. So they're playing against tough competition. He was the only thing they had, and he was productive. So, he, made it, he made it work. He's, <clears throat> when he gets the ball... He just he knows how to read his blocks exactly. and hit the hole and go. He doesn't so, he don't not dancing in the backfield or nothing. He just hits that goal and just goes for the goal. So against Cleveland, okay, with, with a linebacker like Joe Schobert, and especially when you consider the fact that if Connor's out, Juju Smith Schuster is still hurt. Deontay Johnson, I don't know if he's going to play or not, and they're starting Devlin Hodges. Yeah, your best friend is a good running game. And to yeah. soften up a tough defense, a guy like Benny Snell could be exactly what they need. Yeah, exactly. And <clears throat> if when you have when you have Duck back there, I mean, he did look good when he came in to spell uh, he, he Rudolph really in the did. second half. Yeah, he threw that. The, the I think it was the first pass he threw a touchdown. So, I believe I mean, you're it right. Was, it was um, it looks it looks promising for him if he gets out there and gets the offense rolling. But he's definitely going to need that running game and the offensive line. But missing Marquise Pouncey is, is not good either. <laughs> I'm curious to see what the Steelers do in the offseason. I mean, a lot of people thought that Mason Rudolph was going to be the guy that he had, quote-unquote, first-round value. He just has not done anything with his opportunity. So, I mean, you look at a, look at a situation like Dak Prescott's. You know, he, Tony Romo got hurt just like uh, Ben Roethlisberger did. Dak Prescott ran away with it. Yeah, uh, and he, and he, Mason Rudolph well, has it. <clears throat> 
He definitely did, especially with with the running game that they have in the offensive line. Yeah, it can it works out very well for him. But I'm pretty sure if he didn't have an O line like that, he might be looking like Mason Rudolph. It may be. Who knows? Uh, so moving on, the Colts have placed tight end Eric Ebron on IR. He has an ankle issue. Um, I kind of faded him before the season. I, I thought he was really touchdown dependent, more of a Jack Doyle guy. So Jack Doyle should be trending up now. Yeah, his um, Eric Ebron's uh, snap percentages last year weren't high at all. <clears throat> and every time he'd go in the field, he was in the red zone, and Andrew Luck would just target him like hotcakes. Yeah. So uh, now with Jack Doyle, Jack Doyle's a good PPR for uh, Brissett when he's in. Yeah, um, I think Ebron is also a free agent. So if your league still allows trading and anybody wants to give you anything for him, I would take it now. Yeah. Uh, another guy you might not be able to trade, though, Andy Dalton. This is, I mean, they did him dirty on the during the bye week on his birthday. They announced that they were going to bench him for Ryan Finley. Yeah, he, that was that's 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 messed up. <laughs> but now, hey, come back and play against the Jets. But in three starts, Ryan Finley was zero and three. He was forty one out of eighty seven. So only okay, so almost thirty passes a game. So that's forty seven point one percent. Four hundred seventy four yards, two touchdowns, two picks, ten carries for seventy seven yards, and four fumbles. So I know he's a rookie. It's only three games. Does Ryan Finley look like a career backup? And here's why. You know who Calvin Harmon is, the Washington Redskins wide receiver. Yes. I loved him pre-draft. He's I don't think he's done anything this year, but a lot of people were talking about how Ryan Finley was so accurate. From all the film that I watched on both Ryan Finley and Kelvin Harmon, to me, it looked like Kelvin Harmon made Ryan Finley look like a better quarterback. Because Finley was pretty erratic, and Harmon was going all over the place to get the ball. He really was. <clears throat> and I, I, I really believe that they put Andy Dalton in anyway. Um, so they won't go winless this year. Because I think if they kept Finley in, they would not win a game for the rest of the year. And Andy I, Dalton was actually pretty productive in the games that he was playing. I mean, there's a possibility that they still don't win a game. <laughs> <laughs> it's a huge, well, I mean, if you decide to give the ball to Joe Mixon, you might have a chance. Yeah. Just need somebody to block for him. So. Yeah, that's true. Um, hey, Hunter Renfro, he might miss the remainder of the season. Broken rib and punctured lung. Uh, that's that's a shame. That's, that's, a, that's a whole shame because he was actually coming into his own this year. Yeah. On 53 targets, he has 36 receptions. This is in 11 games for 396 yards and two touchdowns. So not, you know, stellar, but we're talking about a rookie who's the slot guy for the Raiders, and their offense has been kind of up and down. But he, you're like you said, he's starting to come into his own and feel bad. I'm, I'm, what, what do you think the Raiders are going to do there? I mean, what else do they have aside from Tyrell Williams and uh, Darren Waller and Josh they have, Jacobs? Say uh, Jones, which I'm not a huge fan of. I forgot uh, about him. You're right. Yeah, and uh, who else is there? Jeez, <laughs> not, nothing I can think of. They, I mean, they do have um, Foster Moreau, <coughs> that who's is been true. playing pretty well in the red zone when they uh, double cover Waller down there. But other than that, they're going to have to uh, ground and pound pretty much with Jacobs. I actually forgot that they traded for Zay Jones. That that whole thing was weird. It was like they signed John Brown, and it's almost like in Buffalo they don't care about any other receiver besides him and Cole Beasley. Yeah, that that's well. I mean, well, and and the thing is, I don't understand, especially with Robert Foster there too. 
Thank who you. actually he flashed last year. I don't understand how he can't get on the field as much as uh, as much as he has been. He, well, he hasn't been, as I should say. I don't think he's really done anything this year. And he was a guy who I was high on at the end of last year. I mean, a waiver wire pickup because realistically, last season, who wants an undrafted free agent rookie wide receiver in Buffalo? Of all places. So you scoop him up off the waiver wire and you hold on to him and you think, hey, I think this guy could be something. He ended up being dropped in a lot of places for me. Yeah. I so, mean, he was he was just he was some healthy scratches too, which is he was was baffling to me. Curious to see what happens there. Um, so this was more of last week's news, but I wanted to touch on it here. Mark Walton was waived after he was arrested for hitting a pregnant woman. Seriously. I think you should give him the Tyreek Hill treatment. I, You know what? Mark Walton, you have to pay your own way, but why don't you come here and hit me? Come on, dude. You're going to hit a pregnant woman? What the heck is wrong with you? Why? There's no, there's, there's no reason for that at all. There's absolutely... You know, it's just... I don't understand. Like, these, these dudes, and not just in football, the NFL, or any sport, but I have a daughter... I have a wife who was pregnant with my daughter, obviously, and as much as they drive me insane, I could never imagine hitting my daughter like that or hitting my wife when she was pregnant. No. I don't understand. Like today, uh, Cora was getting on the surround sound stuff, and I just did the, hey, hey, a couple times, you know, the stern dad voice. (laughs) And she looked at me, and she looked sad. And then she just smiled at me, and I start laughing, and Jenna's like, you realize that you can never discipline her, right? Because you're just you're, you're gonna melt, and so that that's gonna be a problem. Yeah, that's, big one. I yeah. mean, I got the same issue. I got an 18 month old too. So as soon as I tell her no, she turns around, and gives me that smile, and that's it. <laughs> that that's the one reason I didn't want to have a girl. <laughs> yeah. So um, also another reason to love Pork Man, everybody, is he is an Eagles fan. So we do have some Eagles news here. Um, they have signed kicker Jake Elliott to a five-year extension. I think he hit on his last 18 field goals. Probably shouldn't have said that out loud. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but also, we are a dynasty podcast, and this is where this is important. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside has been promoted to starting outside wide receiver. Okay, so Jordan Matthews got released. Now, I'm not going to sit here, and Porkman, I'm sure you're going to agree with me. I'm not going to sit here and tell you you need to start J.J. this week against nah. Miami. Okay. As much as I would love to say to. But right now, the starting three wide receivers are going to be the tentative. Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar in the slot, and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside on the other side there. So he's getting his opportunity. He had that big sideline catch last week. And I think the coaches like what they see. So not every rookie is going to come in and flash. This is when you pay attention. Okay. Make sure that you're not just getting rid of this guy for pennies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, I know that's a, he's a good he is a good buy low, <clears throat> but he just still needs he still has some kinks that he has to get out, especially with his route running. Right, and, but, and uh, admittedly, Wentz hasn't looked the greatest either. No, no. So, interested to see how that game works out. You know, what I mean, if we lose to Miami, I'm not going to be a happy camper at all. No, uh, they're they're missing. They're almost they're actually missing their whole starting secondary. The so, Dolphins are really, yeah, because I think Rashad Jones he's on the IR, Xavier uh, Howard he's on the IR, and the two uh, McLean I think he's out. Um, so there's some uh, 
I think that's I think that's about the three that's out right now. So oh, man. we sh- we should be able to score <laughs> on them this week. If we can't, then there's a huge problem that well, we need to uh, figure out. Brandon Brooks will be back. Lane Johnson will be back. Hopefully, Jordan Howard is back. The defense yeah. has been playing much better. So while it's looked bad fantasy-wise for the Eagles, this is playoff run here. I do really think it's going to get better, and their schedule is pretty fluffy. Yeah, it's pretty. It's really cake. Yeah, it, it is. So I think you're going to be okay. Um, you know who also might be out this week? Who? Brandon Allen. See, look at that segue right there. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> Drew Locke is taking first team reps in Denver. Nothing's been confirmed yet. Um, but why wouldn't you want to get Drew Locke on the field, right? I, I mean, mean, he got to be better than Brandon Allen, even though he did have one good game. But last week, he looked, he did, he looked pretty bad. Well, the last two weeks, he hasn't looked that great. So, in three starts, he has a one and two record. He's better than Ryan Finley. Um, he's 39 for 84, which is a 46.4% completion percentage. 515 yards, three touchdowns, two picks, 10 carries, 39 yards, and no scores. But the thing is, you got to get Drew Locke on the field. Now, I know that a lot of the pre-draft stuff was he was skittish in the pocket when pressure comes and gets after him, blah, blah, blah. But the guy's got a monster arm. Yes, he does. I, so, I think that the biggest thing that Drew Locke has to work on is his footwork. I know he still is young, but um, I was looking at some of his old tape. And he just kind of he kind of reminds me of Jay Cutler a little bit, which is a little scary. Yeah, because he uh, he relies on his arm a little bit too much. Right. But once he works on his footwork, and you never know, he does have Cortland Sutton there, who's a breakout receiver this year and for the future. So hopefully he can work with them and be great. Do you think Cortland Sutton is quarterback proof? He lo- sure does look like it. I mean. He's been playing with Joe Flacco and Brandon Allen mm-hmm. all season. So a lot of people are like, oh, I'm worried about Cortland Sutton with Drew Locke. It's like, well, he's played with a lot worse this season. And, you know, Flacco wasn't putting up numbers. Brandon Allen wasn't either except in that first game. But Cortland Sutton, and I'm pulling pulling him up right here. So uh, 2019 – so five less games than last year. He already has his yardage total surpassed. Same amount of touchdowns, but he's uh, he actually has the same amount of targets right now as he did the entire season last year. Okay, so he has uh, 84 targets, 50 catches, 832 yards, and four touchdowns. That's great. Three carries, 17 yards, and yeah, no touchdown there. But, um, I mean, we're talking with a washed-up Joe Flacco. Brandon Allen, who I believe is was an undrafted rookie free agent. Yeah, he's been in the league for a little while too. Yeah, so a guy who's who's just been a guy. Yeah. So, I mean, I really, really think that with the third quarterback change of the season, Cortland Sutton has to be at his lowest buying point. Now, now obviously, maybe your trade deadline's still open. Some leagues do it year round. Yeah. Some leagues do it. If you're not in the playoffs, you could trade with other non-playoff teams. I don't know. Um, some trade right up to the playoffs. But can Cortland Sutton be any cheaper? Because next year is going to be that quote-unquote third-year breakout. Yeah. That, and that's what I <clears throat> I posted on Twitter. The next year, he's going to totally break out. And some people were saying, well, he broke out already. 
I don't see him as broken out yet. I want I want to see him as like I see him as at the potential of being like a top five receiver in this league for fantasy. I, I can obviously agree. he's not there yet. He just needs a competent quarterback that's actually going to throw him the ball <clears throat> and he can get open. And with helping him this year and next year in the future, with Noah Fant stretching the stretching the field out for him a little bit, he can be he can be really, really good. So think about this. Last year he had Case Keenum, different coaching staff in there. Now this year he starts out with Joe Flacco, new coaching staff, new offensive coordinator. Then it goes to Brandon Allen. Now, potentially Drew Locke. Wouldn't it be great to see him get an off season, you know, staying in the same system, maybe doing the thing that a lot of guys do where they work out with their quarterback in the off season, assuming that Drew Locke's gonna be the starter next year. So wouldn't it be great for him to have that comfort coming in it would be it It can't hurt anything it can't it can't everyone can get better especially get to have that rapport it's not like drew lock drew lock was there in the preseason she's happened to get hurt so he might have a little bit of rapport with him now but that offseason won't hurt at all but they have they have to get together well we'll see what happens there I'm, i'm excited though i am curious to see what happens with drew lock um so to the evil empire in New England. Eight Patriots players mispracticed with the flu, and I think they suspended Clay Matthews for that somehow. I mean, he gets suspended for everything else, so why not this, right? Right. He gets suspended <laughs> or, or fined for uh, fake sacks that he falls on them for stupid reasons. <laughs> um, in all seriousness news, though, Titans placed tight end Delaney Walker on IR. He has an ankle injury. I don't think he's played since week six. He's been so, out for a long while. Yeah, so um, Jonu Smith would really love to see him kind of take more of a leap here. He had a couple decent games, but not really anything crazy good since then. I will say this, though. Tannehill's been balling out, man. Jeez, I did not see that coming at all. No. I mean, I, I saw it as being an upgrade over Mariota, but there's some places in redraft leagues. I'm picking him up for the playoff run here. Yeah, I I had him in uh, in one of my redraft leagues. I thought it might have been a flash in the pan, but I mean, I I probably should have kept him because he's been out there. He gives you that running upside that Josh Allen and and uh, well, not too much Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson is in a different world by himself. But he's so amazing though. He is, but he get he 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 gives you that that ability to run outside of the pocket and get you like ten fifteen yards at a time. And with him throwing, and he actually actually uses weapons, unlike Marcus Mariota. He he's basically everything that Marcus Mariota was supposed to be. Yeah, running and <laughs> running and being accurate on the run. But let it's, me ask you this: How long have you been playing fantasy football? I've been playing since I was twelve years old. Okay, so you've been playing a while. I've been playing yeah. since I was out of high school. Yeah. Um, is it? Going into the playoffs and seeing Ryan Tannehill as your starter doesn't a little bit just make you kind of go. Uh, yeah, it's it's it definitely it definitely scares you a little bit. Like, it, there's just something about it where you know logically the guy's been putting up numbers, but there's just something in your heart that just makes you cringe a little bit. Like, it's Ryan Tannehill. Like, like I, don't, guy, I don't want to play him at all. But he's I mean, gonna, it was like you got to think of it last year. It was like. You had Josh Allen on your team yeah. going into the playoffs. You don't really want to play him, but he's really out there killing everybody in fantasy. And it's one of those things, too. It's like, I know this guy's going to crap the bed. Please don't be in the championship week. 
<laughs> Please don't. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, one last bit of news, and I'll tell you what. Wish Chev was here. Bears fans, Thanksgiving's just got a lot better. The Lions are starting quarterback David Blau, I think is how you Blau. say it. Yeah, that's what it looks like. So Jeff Driscoll has a hamstring injury, but he's gonna he's gonna be suited up. He'll be the backup. So my whole thought is this. I wouldn't want to start this guy against Chicago anyway. But knowing that Jeff Driscoll is available if they need him tells me this dude's on a short leash. Yeah. Like if it if it was if this game was Sunday, he Driscoll would be playing. That's what that's what it seems like. So, I don't know. They I'm, don't want to mess with the because I mean they're already down Stafford, so I mean they don't want to they don't want to lose Driscoll on a Thursday. I know. It's crazy, especially trying to run away from Khalil Mack. Oh man, yeah. It, you know it's a shame too. Roquan Smith hasn't really done anything this year. Um, I thought he'd be a little bit better, but um, what are you gonna do? Yeah, so, he definitely regressed because last year when he came in, he came in like gangbusters. He really did. Um, yeah, so, hey, we got a great slate tomorrow. We got three good games. We're just going to touch on them a little bit. We got the Bears and Lions, Bills and Cowboys, and Saints and Falcons. So let's just start with the Bears and Lions. I just want to look at this. I mean, we obviously know um, that Stafford's out. Jeff Driscoll's out. Who, by the way, how about Jeff Driscoll? I mean, yeah, the, he, he's not he bad. He surprised me. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't terrible. He, he came in. He gave you some of that Russian upside, which you had no idea. That he can run out the pocket, and uh, he made some some good quality targets to Marvin Jones. He had a couple good touchdown passes to him. But I don't know what to expect out of this game. So the the Bears are five and six. The Lions are three seven and one. The Lions are just that team that you just you want them to to win. They have all this talent. Yeah, I don't know, but you know it's amazing too. Carryon Johnson's still their leading rusher. On the season with 308 yards rushing, it seems like it's that there's their Achilles heel every year. They never have a running game, but they have such a good, you know, they have such a good running back. If he could stay healthy, yeah, that's that's well, that's that's his knock coming out of college. It's his his injuries history. So and now two years in a row, I'm not too sure if you want to. You can take the risk on it because I mean he's so good, but will he burn you in the end? That's the question. So I mean, who are we starting here out of the Lions backfield? If you need to stream somebody this week, you got injuries or whatever. I mean, we I mean, know Carrion's out. You kind of have to go with Bo. I think so. Uh, he's been get he's been getting the touches. He had over twenty carries last week, over ninety yards. Yeah, he, he's only been in two games, but he has one hundred fifty three yards rushing on the season. Yeah, he looked he looked pretty good when he's out. He's better than what they had back there. Well, we all I thought, mean, Ty Johnson was supposed to be that guy, and supposed he sure to be, enough yeah. wasn't. A lot of people used up all their fab on him that one week. It was him and uh, J.D. McKissick, if you recall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and they used up all their fab, and then now it's <laughs> Bill Scarborough, who they just signed off the practice squad of the clear blue. Then there was uh, Trey Carson for a minute. Yeah, for that one game, and then he got hurt. Yeah, that he got hurt the game that I picked him up off waivers and plugged him in because I needed somebody. I don't, yeah, think, of course. I don't think he did anything. But, uh, you know, on the other side of the ball, then we got the Bears. I don't know what to think about them either. I, I mean, Trubisky. <sighs> I'm sorry, Chef, but Trubisky, he's, he's bad. Chev, I love you, buddy, but Trubisky, I got to agree with Porkman. Shit, Trubisky's bad. But then, you know, last year when Chase Daniel played, 
when Trubisky was out for a little bit. Chase Daniel looked good. I didn't think he looked that good this year. No. Yeah. I, that's the weird. I don't. I don't know if it was a matchup or or what, but he didn't look good at all. So they, I mean, they kind of have to give him another year. But if he's not good next year, they they're gonna have to pivot. So you know, a lot of people are saying that they don't use David Montgomery enough. I think we could all somewhat agree on that. Yeah. David Montgomery has a hundred and twelve more rushing attempts than Tariq Cohen. Mm. It's just with the way everyone's talking and watching the games, it would seem like it's closer, wouldn't it? I mean, I, I think they use him a lot on they use Tariq Cohen a lot on on third downs anyway. They use him like in the slot formation too. But but so, it, I mean, seeing that he's the primary running back, I don't. It, it seems like that, but I, with the numbers show. It, it got to. <laughs> I mean, he hasn't been that great through the air either, Tariq. 70 targets, 50 catches, 280 yards for 5.6 average and three touchdowns. It's not really touching what he did last year. It's not. He's. <clears throat> it, they was using him more in space last year. Now it's just like, okay, here's the ball. Do something with it. Can we stop making Corderell Patterson a thing, please? <laughs> Can that stop? He just looks stupid back there. He, I mean, he's he looks like a like a huge uh, wide receiver <laughs> in the back, which he is. You just use him for screens and special teams. Don't put him in the backfield. He's not a running back. He's like he's like six foot thousand back there, I, trying to run through all these linemen. He looks bigger than a lineman back there, dude. If you got to start somebody from this game, like for the I mean for the Bears, uh, I I will go Allen Robinson. Okay, uh, the Lions, the Lions defense. Isn't the best, especially after they trade away their uh, that Quadri Diggs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they trade them to the Seahawks. After that, they've been their defense has been porous. So I would go. Um, I would go Allen Robinson, David Robinson. I mean David Robinson. That's basketball. <laughs> David Montgomery. Um, I would give him a play too. This would probably be my last last ditch effort to play him. If he doesn't do anything today, you might have to bench him going into the playoffs. I mean, I guess for me. I guess just David Montgomery. Mm-hmm. I could see the Bears getting up early in this game and just pounding it. Yeah. And on the other side of the ball, I'm pro- I'm probably only going to just start like Detroit linebackers because they're yeah. going to get a lot of tackles. Tons of tackles. <laughs> I mean, do you want do you want Bo Scarborough? Do you really want Kenny Galladay this week? Well, I mean, Bo Scarborough, it could be a good play because the Bears' run defense hasn't been good since they lost their uh, their their appropriate defensive tackle. But um, I'm I'm forced to start uh, Galladay this week in one of my leagues. Okay, and I really don't want to, but uh, that that's what I got because <laughs> my backup is Juju and he's out yeah. and he got duck anyway. Yeah, it's it's like you're screwed either way. Yeah, so either way, it's, it's not really working. But so I mean, you got to go with the guy who's been consistently good all year. Yeah. So our next game, um, go Bills. <laughs> They're playing the Cowboys. <laughs> um, that's your four thirty game. If you're on or in the greatest time zone of all time, which is Eastern Standard Time, um, man, Frank Gore just doesn't go away. <laughs> he really doesn't. Yeah, he's like eighty years old. 
still getting four yards a clip. So I like is... I like Devin Singletary in this game though. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Um, Leighton Vander Esch is out. He has that neck injury. Um, oh. And while Jalen Smith is a stud, hands down stud, um, the Cowboys defense is obviously better with Leighton Vander Esch on the field. Although Sean Lee has been playing. Um, some great football as well. Kind of a little uh, late career resurgence here. So good for you, Sean Lee. Um, but Devin Singletary right now seems to be like a guy who um, there were a couple weeks where I did not play him, and I I haven't taken him out of my lineup since. Um, this I'm talking redraft here. I don't have him in any of my dynasty leagues. But yeah, um, same, I have him in redraft as well. So 84 attempts. 490 yards. He's averaging 5.8 a carry and two touchdowns. Whereas Frank Gore, the ageless wonder, um, and this is in three more games. Devin Singletary's only played eight games. 137 carries, 541 yards. He's only averaging 3.9. But I guess at his age, 3.9 yards a carry and two touchdowns. It's not bad. That's actually, that's really good. (laughs) And no fumbles either. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's always he's always been a reliable running back I think, when it has to do with turnovers. But I think he might have had some fumbling issues early in his career. Yeah, when he was with the 49ers? Yeah. But that was a long time ago. Very long time ago. I was about about uh about five years old probably. <laughs> <laughs> um Cole Beasley, do you think there's some revenge game factor here? Definitely. Especially the way he's been playing lately as well. I wonder if the, the Cowboys regret not giving him a contract. I mean, um, Randall Cobb had that one good game, but I think Cole Beasley's been a much more consistent and reliable target than Randall Cobb the last few years. It would have made more sense to keep him anyway because he's younger, right? And he doesn't have that injury risk, and he knows the system. Randall Cobb has, yeah. I mean, it would make more sense to keep him, but I mean, I guess they want to Cobb more. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I mean, um. I'm curious to see how this one pans out too. Those um, we know that the Cowboys have a strong running game. Curious to see their passing game against Buffalo is a very good defense, very yeah. outstanding defense. So, yeah, I wouldn't play no Jason Witten, Blake Jarwin because they are top notch against the tight end. And if Amari Cooper plays, I probably wouldn't play him either because Tre'Davious White is is an awesome shutdown corner. Listen. If you put a gun to my head and said you had to pick a Cowboys tight end, I'm like, just just pull the trigger, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm staying away. Like, why did Jason Witten come out of retirement? And now all of a sudden he's bald. Like, we knew last year when you were in the booth, you were bald. You had that terrible yeah. hairpiece on, and now it's just all gone. Like, come on, man. Yeah, what that thing you was, doing? I was like, ew. It was like when Erlacher got his hair. <laughs> I mean, it was like, ew. What is that? You know, I have a lot of respect for Jason Witten as an athlete, a player, and a guy that I love to hate for years as a member of the Dallas Cowboys. A lot of respect for him as a player, but as an announcer, dude, you were bad. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, when you mix with Jason Witten with Booger McFarlane, that's not really a good match. You, you know, why don't they bring back Jaworski? I liked him. I didn't like oh. him and Gruden together. No. Nah. But separately, I thought, you know, Jaworski could have been great. Yeah, Jaws is really good, but I think Jaws is just chilling now. He got his uh he got his golf courses over here, does a little radio stuff in the local uh Philadelphia. Uh he does little spots, so I think he's just chilling now. Well he will not have anything to do with the soul anymore. Did you see the Arena Football League went belly up? 
Man, I love that Soul Games. I used to have uh, season tickets. I used to go every year. It's, I had never got to get to one either, and I was looking forward to it at some point. But what are you going to do, right? Yeah, nothing you can do now. We've got, we've got the good old XFL with Vince McMahon. I'm excited to see how that, that pans out, too. Yeah, I was I was a little bit of a fan of when the Alliance before they folded. I mean, it was it was some type of football, but I'm curious how this works out again. Well, I wasn't a fan of that because every time I turned the TV on, Christian Hackenberg was on the screen. <laughs> he was god awful. And I'm like, why is he allowed to wear a uniform? He was god awful. If you look awful there, you you just need to go be like Kurt Warner and start bagging groceries. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe it'll all pan out. Um, yeah. So, but otherwise, anything else you want? I mean, I think Zeke's going to still have a decent decent game here. You know, hopefully Amari Cooper does something. Yeah, not for fantasy, for for most fantasy people, I hope he doesn't goose people like he did last week, but it was was hard to watch. And he's clearly still injured, but he's just trying to go out there and, you know, play for his team, but he just doesn't look good right now. No. Especially now, like I said, with Tredavious White. I don't see him. Uh, I don't see him doing much anyway. You know, a guy who might. You know, there's a lot of uh, running back situations where you have that clear cut number one, but then the number two guy has value. Like uh, prime example, uh, the Chargers with Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to think that Tony Pollard might have his own standalone value. Yeah, he's he's definitely flashing. He actually when, is a, when Zeke is out better yard per carry than Zeke does. Now, obviously, he only has 55 rushing attempts to 215 for Zeke. Um, but let's see. Yeah, 15 catches. I'm sorry, 12 catches for 90 yards. Whereas Zeke is at 32 for 260. So his average is a little bit more there. But um, Tony Pollard was a guy at Memphis. Now, uh, Daryl Henderson got all the hype coming out of Memphis, and hey, rightfully so, the, he was super productive. Um, mm-hmm. Also surprised that he hasn't really seen the field a lot either out there in L.A. I don't, I don't, uh, it's weird, especially with the draft capital they use on him. I'm, he's probably just not uh, grasping the offense. But That's I, my only guess. When you consider, too, that that is a team where their running game needs a spark badly. Yeah. Something. Really bad, and I thought in in the preseason I had Malcolm Brown as the backup while everybody had Daryl Henderson, and and Henderson is just I don't know <laughs> that might be just a next year thing. Did you watch the Monday night game? Yes. Yeah, you know the times that Gurley actually got to touch the ball, he didn't look terrible. Mm-mm. I mean, it's also a very stout defense that he was playing against, but yeah, obviously game script there, you're gonna have to kind of give up early on it. <laughs> Yeah, he just yeah you yeah they were they were out there getting waxed every possession touchdown 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 and there's nothing you can do you gotta throw the ball. But I think if you could pick up Tony Pollard, even as you know, because a lot of times a lot of people they handcuff their own guys, but sometimes I handcuff other people's players too, um, because mm-hmm. that drives prices up. But he could be a guy that we're talking a flex week fill in or uh, an RB three for you possibly yeah yeah and <clears throat> in, in dynasty yeah you can you can use them well in redraft um, you could do better yeah because i mean there's you know obviously mm-hmm. smaller uh smaller uh what's that called a roster spot you know right. smaller roster spots that you can hold 
players, but for Dynasty, I mean, you can you can get you can use them if you really need somebody, especially if like you get a really bad injury right. and you need points desperately. So, uh, last game on the Turkey Day slate here, Saints Falcons. This one's in Atlanta. We talked about Devonta Freeman before. Um, whew, on the season, 107 carries for 371 yards. Oof. That is, that's rough. That's, that sounds like Kalen Balajish. And no touchdowns either on the ground. Yeah. Does he have any, he has some receiving though, correct? Three. Three. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's not good still. You know, the, the amazing thing is their fourth leading receiver is Muhammad Sanu. <laughs> and he's gone. And he played two less games for the Falcons than Devonta Freeman did. Just, they gotta, they gotta figure something out. Uh, they have too much talent on that whole team to be uh, three and eight. A lot of people are saying uh, Russell Gage is a good waiver wire pickup, but in redraft, I say see if Calvin Ridley's out there. Well, I mean, he's probably he should he should be going. He should not be available in in, in waivers on redraft. You never know. I mean, maybe yeah. You have to check. Right. You really have to check. Uh, Russell Gage has. I think he had uh, eight catches or eight targets last week. He had a really good game. He last did. Week. Yeah. For if you're in full PPR, if you're in standard, which you shouldn't be playing in anyway. No, who does that? Yeah, you're right. It was uh ten targets, eight catches, seventy six yards. Mm-hmm. So that we're talking fifteen points. Yeah, that's that's PPR. a that's a good uh, <laughs> that's a good play if you didn't have anything. I mean, that's fantastic. It's better than a zero. Yeah. So <laughs> Matt Ryan didn't really look like himself last no, week. I either. think that was just an outlier game. Yeah. He hasn't really been doing anything great this year, and uh, you know, on the other side, the Saints are back in full full form there they're nine and two looks like they just you know you would think that there'd be that learning curve when drew Brees comes back in and they just pick right back up where they left off yeah he's he's just he's a one of the top he's probably top five quarterback of all time i'm gonna have to agree and michael thomas another guy who is just 100 percent quarterback proof yeah <laughs> i thought when teddy came in he was gonna be you can like kind of buy low well, I but think- after after a couple games he was just he was still killing it out there. You, you know who um well he had that one game, Bridgewater's first game where like both him and Kamara didn't really do anything great. Mm-hmm. But he was still serviceable. But th- yeah. this is crazy, okay? So he is their leading receiver with 1242 yards. You want to talk about a drop off? Alvin Kamara is the next highest receiver for the Saints with 421 yards. Mm. It's, 800 yard difference. Yeah, because who's that? Their number two receiver is Gin. Are you talking about just <laughs> from the wide receiver position? It's like from the depth chart, yeah. From the depth chart, they got Ted Ginn and, and Traquan Smith. Yeah, so as, and they've done absolutely nothing. You're absolutely right. So, as far as just wide receivers go, because Michael Thomas, then Ted Ginn is 348 yards. And then the next is Traquan Smith. He is 101 yards receiving on the season. Yeah. yeah, that's not good at all. No, that's terrible. Jared Cook is third on the team with 374 yards, four touchdowns. Yeah, and he I think last week he got targeted in the red zone heavy. So he did. He might be 
if he's available in any leagues, I would see if he's available in waivers for anybody. Yeah, I would completely agree with that. But I think I think this is one that the the Saints should handle pretty easily. But then again, it's one of those things too where you, it's a division game, primetime division yeah. game. Well, wasn't that two weeks ago? They the Falcons just shut them out. I think possibly. I think that was two weeks ago when they played them. They uh, Drew Brees didn't have a touchdown. I think they only put up nine points or something like that. Well, what I could tell you is this. I'm sure at some point tomorrow I'm going to be hearing. Are we going to be watching football all day? Oh, I definitely will be. And I'm going to say, yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> because it is Thanksgiving, and that is what you do on Thanksgiving. Um, anything else you want to touch on uh, Saints-Falcons? Um, for the Saints, I would say uh, keep a lookout for Latavius Murray. He's been getting a lot of uh, good quality carries. He really has, from what to. I can see. And he kind of looks. Um, it's kind of scary. He kind of looks better than Kamara running the ball, not you know pass catching, because Kamara's on a different level with that. But he, he is, yeah. In between the tackles, Latavius Murray's been killing in between the tackles. So I mean, that if you have to play him, you can, you can. I think you can, you can fire him up too. So on the season, Latavius Murray, if you're if you're starting him. He's actually been more consistent for you. He's played in all 11 games for them. Okay. He has 12 less attempts. He has about 60 less yards. He's 102 for 462. His average is right in line with Kamara's, 4.5 to 4.6. They both have the same long run of the year, 30. Mm-hmm. But Latavius Murray has five touchdowns on the ground. No fumbles. Kamara has two. Now, he mm-hmm. didn't lose the fumbles, but he still has them. Through the air, though. Kamara's got 60 catches for 421 yards, only one touchdown, whereas Latavius Murray, 27 catches, 165 yards, and a touchdown. So, you know, this is one of those things where if you drafted Alvin Kamara, you're probably taking him somewhere in the top six picks. Mm -hmm. Whereas you could have... And this is going to sound weird to say. You could have drafted Leonard Fournette there, who's been much better, and taken Latavius Murray 10 to 11 rounds later and Mm -hmm. had a more consistent player. And and think Fournette, I think his ADP was, what, the third round this year? Well, he was all over the place because, you know, the injuries and they took that uh, 50-year option away, and it was a whole thing. And I get it, and I was off of Fournette. And in one league I was in before the season, I actually went against what I normally did. I traded Damian Williams from the Chiefs away for Leonard Fournette. And I said, this better not backfire. And so far, it has not. Oh, it definitely worked out for you. And the guy's <laughs> like, I, I want every piece of the Chiefs I can get. And I was like, all right. So we worked out a deal, and it worked out well for me. I think I'm in the playoffs in that league. Pretty sure I am. I hope I am. I can't remember. I don't know. Um, There's too many leagues, huh? Fourteen. Yeah, I have. I have eight. I I, I didn't want to do too many. I gotta. I gotta cut some out. I, I have to. <laughs> you know what I mean? It take yeah. uh, the first week of the season. It took me forty minutes to set my lineups. I'm like, I can't do this every week. Oh, and then so I'm in the one league with my wife, um, which means basically I'm running two teams in that league. <laughs> so but um yeah she's doing okay I, I drafted a good team for her and i set a good lineup for her every week 
that works then. So, um, anything else you want to touch on before we head out? Uh, I think that's it, bro. All right. I got everything that I wanted to say. So, um, hey, everybody. Thanks again for listening. Thank you for being patient. Do apologize about that, but sometimes life gets in the way. Um, Pork Band, tell us again where we can find you. Uh, Stats and Facts FFB on Twitter. And you can find me all on there. All right. And uh, make sure you give us a rate and review on iTunes because apparently that's the only one that matters. Feel free to DM the show or me and tell me how much you love me. You could find me at the Bower 85 and you can follow the show at Dynasty Rewind. Uh, the other guys aren't here, but you can follow America's Sweetheart at Dynasty Price and you can follow Chev at Chev Boyardee, boy with an I. Until next week, everybody. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you.